Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. In the bullpen, we have Rokana, California rep, legendary individual. Will not be a debate, will be a conversation about the January 6th committee and all of the nuances of the hearing. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor is comedian extraordinaire Ben Glebe. NowhereComedyClub.com, you can find more information there. Also Rebel HQ contributor. Top story of the day, I believe Mike Lindell is back smoking crack cocaine. <laughs> I have information that I need to reveal to you about Mike Lindell. Here's what he said about slamming his computer. It's just me and this, the executive VP of Walmart. And he gets on there. Now remember, the CMO said sales are fatiguing, which was a lie. This guy, I talked to him and I said, this will be your biggest product buy through in the history of Walmart. Just like my other three price points were. I said, we're gonna give you a MyPillow at 1988. That's what you can retail it for in your store. And um, so he goes, I, he, all of a sudden he goes, well, no, we're not. We're gonna. We're not ever having my pillow again. He said, uh, uh, "You don't make the rating of four of a four. And I go, "What rating system?" And he goes, "I go, what are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, two and a half years ago, we put in a rating system." And I go, "What?" I said, "I'm high rated." I look it up. We're made it a five, a four, three point eight. These are just customer ratings. I said, "You do realize bots and trolls attack all the time?" And he goes. He goes, no, he says, well, we're canceling my pillow. And he had this smirk on his face. I said, goodbye, you're gonna be all over the news tomorrow. And I slammed the computer. Uh, he lied, straight up lied. It was all a, to slow play Mike Lindell. My pillow man, upset because private companies no longer want to play with him. I thought, they believed in the independence of private companies to make these decisions. Now, remember, he's the same fella that said this. Mike Lindell, yes, the My Pillow guy is convinced China hacked the election, Donald Trump really won, and Lindell has the absolute proof. They did it in all the states, every and they single change state. changed the vote. Every single state. And you have the proof. Yes. The packet that will show. I, I have the whole the data. Actual that. exchange of votes. Yep. Yep, 100%, 100%. Okay, uh, that turned out to be a complete lie. He did not have any proof whatsoever, never provided anything and said that somehow they must have hacked his systems. That's the reason he has no proof of what he said he had absolute proof for. It's not shocking to me that Walmart said no to my pillow and took them off the shelves. What's shocking is that it took them so damn long to do it. My pillow CEO, Mike Lindale, revealed on Thursday that he was enraged and slammed his computer during a video call after a Walmart exec vowed to never sell his betting products again. Lindale first told his audience on Wednesday that Walmart had canceled future My Pillow orders. During a Thursday appearance with conservative podcaster and well-known white nationalist Steve Bannon. Lindell detailed the conference call that ended his relationship with the giant retailer. Now, I started this segment with, I think Mike Lindell is smoking crack again. 
Now I say that seriously, I work with those who are in rehabilitative services. I used to be a drinking man myself, I'm thankful for my sobriety today. And having an addiction is nothing to be ashamed of. Seek help, opportunity is there, okay? I have compassion for this arena, not only through experience, but also through my service to that community. Some of you may say, well, I did not know Mike Lindell was on crack. He admitted he was, 2018 CNBC, he said, Mike Lindell says there aren't many crack addicts who've become successful. But he's one of them, he said, and I quote, it can be done, people, he laughed. Um, I agree, it can be done. I've seen it done routinely, communities that I continue to service today and communities that have given me so much. I have seen transformation not only in their lives, but as well as my own. It is clear to me that Mike Lindell needs an intervention, I say this seriously. Look at how unhinged his interview was with Steve Bannon compared to his interviews he did back 2018 and before. You will see a clear contrast, stage presence, interview dynamics, and even fluidity of thoughts. There is something else going on here. But here's the dramatic part, more so than even that. There are millions of people in this country who believe Mike Lindell. They think he actually does have evidence that election fraud took place. They believe he's one of their leaders. He continues to remain relevant primarily in conservative corners. But those conservative corners are becoming the mainstream of the Republican Party. We can no longer argue that the Mike Lindells of the world, people who clearly need help, are simply on the fringes of conservative politics. They are running the conservative agenda. Ben, thoughts here? Well, I'm personally, you know, I don't understand why anybody is not looking to political leadership from a pillow salesman. <laughs> That's where I've always turned. Whenever I want to be let out of the darkness, I, I think about a man who helps yeah. us get into that darkness and sleep restfully on a poorly designed pillow. Yeah. Um, you see the guy, first of all, he also might be snorting stuff because he was touching his nose a little bit during that interview as well. But that's just my guess. But he, during this interview, you can just tell he's making stuff up and he'd almost rather that Walmart cancels the contract just so he has something to go talk about and yell about again at the detriment of his business. He goes, the guy says to me, we have a rating system. And I said, "Oh, it's just customer ratings right there in that one sentence. Betraying the fact he doesn't care about his customers. Oh, It's just the ratings of the customers who sleep on the pillow. And he goes, we have ratings. You could almost look like he's reading them right at that moment off the Walmart site in order, in decreasing order of the ratings. Like we got a five, we got a four, we got a 3.8. Oh, it keeps going down. Okay, <laughs> I think they're bots. I don't know how many bots are infiltrating a Walmart purchasing system. It's not like it's a major social media network like Twitter or Facebook. It might just be that they're bad pillows. Or it might be that people are infiltrating it because they don't want traitors to our nation that are trying to take down the country just for stage time and the ability to sell more pillows at that cost. And so either way, 
I think it's a fair deal and you're right, it's about damn time. Yeah, there you go. Something that has been making the rounds on social media. The police taser and pepper spray an innocent bystander, actually multiple innocent bystanders. Let's go to the video. Wow, wow, all right, put up the picture of um, the victim. This is going to be quite interesting. This is in Shelby Township, Michigan. Police say a parking lot fight at Stony Creek Metro Park led to a single shot being fired in the air and three were arrested, okay? Tony was the young man tased. That's a picture of Tony. Right before his encounter with the officer, Tony said, quote, I heard a gunshot and I was on the other other side of the street and the police officer came two seconds from running me over. Here are steals from additional cell phone footage of Tony and the officer, okay? Tony said as the officer approached him, I'm backing up, hands up everything. I just get tased and fall on the floor. Tony says he was handcuffed and placed in the back of a police car and given a ticket for encroach on shots fired scene and inciting a riot. Those were his charges. Pierce witnessed, let's put up Pierce, he witnessed Tony get tased saying, and I quote, we started to run and he being Tony got tased right in front of me. As Pierce was recording, he became part of it saying, then I got maced out of nowhere. I fell to the ground, lost my phone and hat. Remember, that was the person who was simply recording and not involved at all in any criminal activity. Police said it is too soon in the investigation to speak about the use of a taser and the use of mace. But the chief of Metro Parks Police said they were working to secure the scene with limited information at the time. Let's put up a picture of the police chief. We do not have the identity of the officers who were involved, but the buck stops with him. Michael Reese is chief of police. Now let me say this, these are all investigators. All of these cops are trained investigators. We're not trained investigators, at least most of us. We clearly see individuals who are not engaged in any criminal activity. They are not providing a danger to the officer, nor the suspects, nor the community at large. They are simply standing. Some of them are trying to back up and walk away. They were attacked by law enforcement. Now it is interesting, and I said this would happen. And we have highlighted these stories on Indisputable before. When you say nothing, when there's a black or brown victim on the other side of police misconduct, eventually they will come knocking on your door. Now, this police department is violating the rights of white citizens. It is out of control. The industry of policing, they have somehow tricked our societal structure into believing they must have special treatment because without them, we do not survive. The reality is with bad police, we will not survive as a nation. 
We need good ones. I am not anti-police, I'm simply anti-bad cop. This is a culture, this culture always trumps, no pun intended, policy. While the policy may be correct, the written word of what should happen may be proper, the culture will eat that alive every time. And all of a sudden, all of these trained investigators are unable to properly investigate police misconduct. Isn't that interesting? Ben, thoughts here? Well, firstly, Doc, you say that these people were just standing. And that's fair enough, but where in the Constitution does it say you're allowed to stand? <laughs> I don't I don't remember seeing that anywhere. So I feel like in defense of these cops, you see someone standing, you might have to spring into action. There's no amendment per se to defend that. I mean, there is no excuse. You see a clip of people standing there, one guy's tasing, one guy's spraying pepper spray. Is it a use it or lose it situation? Do these these things have expiration dates and they gotta keep the, the mace fresh in the bottle? I mean, what exactly is the problem? We should add one simple question to all police questionnaires when someone applies to become an officer of the law. Also, finally, are you a scaredy cat? Do you just instantly spray or shoot <laughs> or react before even having any sort of threat? Or maybe we need to change police uniforms to have them always go out with like a helmet and a bodysuit, maybe one of those inflatable sumo costumes. So they're less scared during regular situations where they're not in any sort of threat. Maybe they would do random, they would do less random shooting and spraying and tasing. Yeah. These are just some ideas. I'm trying to help out as best I can. Well, here's the thing. Um, all of the white people did survive. Uh, nobody was shot in the back being unarmed. They were tased and maced. Um, so maybe there's something there. Jenny, damn, Thomas, again. Damn. Now she's saying she will happily testify with the January 6th committee. All right, House Select Committee investigating the terrorist attack that took place on January 6th. They now plan to seek testimony from conservative activist and wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, Jenny Thomas. The panel's chair confirmed this. The latest, Thomas told the Daily Caller she would agree to an interview. She said, and I quote, I can't wait to clear up misconceptions. I look forward to talking to them, she said. Now remember, there's a strange dynamic here. She was part of a cult. Um, some experts have recently said she's now part of another cult called QAnon. She has been exposed as pushing conspiracy theories, telling the chief of staff of Donald Trump that he needs to keep this president in office because God mandates it. That's a cult-like conversation. Why does this matter? The decision comes after public and private wavering among committee members in recent weeks over the importance of Ms. Thomas's role in January 6th and former President Trump's effort to overturn the election. Now here's where I have a beef with the committee. And I guarantee it's a bunch of Democrats saying things like, well, we don't want to do that. I mean, she is the wife of a Supreme Court justice. Damn that. She was engaged in trying to overturn an election. All of this holding institutions to be sacred is getting on my nerves. The voter should be the sacred dynamic. The Constitution gives you the authority 
Congress to do exactly what you're doing. Now you're scared because she happens to be the wife of a Supreme Court justice. This is why we need dynamic leadership. Why is this even a question? This woman had to literally do an interview and give you permission to interview her. Because without her saying she's willing to be interviewed, you all would not have done a damn thing. Knowing that your investigation has uncovered multiple, multiple emails and text messages showing her involvement and trying to overturn democracy as we know it. There's more. Thomas played an active role in pushing then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to take measures to overturn the 2020 election results, according to texts obtained by the Washington Post and by CBS News. The committee had reportedly been leaning against inviting Thomas to testify as recently as last month. I have a theory. I don't think the Washington Post nor CBS News received those text messages first. I do not. I think the committee had them and had them for a long time and somebody on that committee decided to leak them, okay? Now, there's more. Emails obtained by the panel reveal correspondence between Thomas and legal scholar John Eastman, a central figure in former President Trump's efforts to overturn the election. The Washington Post reported Wednesday. Other emails reported by the New York Times reveal that Eastman messaged a pro-Trump lawyer claiming to have insight into a heated fight between Supreme Court justices over whether to hear an election case. Here's what they're saying. We think it's time that we, at some point, invite her to come talk to the committee. That's what the chairman said. Thompson, the chairman said the committee's reasoning, we have discovered in those Eastman emails some information that refers to Jenny Thomas. But he declined to tell you what the hell it was. What are we doing? What kind of game are we playing? Is this an investigation or is it political and performative and nothing else? Now I understand there are some elements of politics and performance at play here. That's why they're doing it right before the midterm elections. But you don't think we deserve to know how involved Jenny Thomas was and her husband being a Supreme Court justice who just happened to make rulings that were aligned to her radical ideology and even uh, contrasted the ideology of other conservatives on the bench. You don't think we need to know this information? All right, Ben, thoughts here. Well, you make excellent points here because not only should, of course, we get all of this information, but Justice Thomas needs to have recused himself from any case That's involving right. Involving the 2020 election, which he refused to do. Maybe he thought the fact that he just doesn't speak ever in court was close enough to recusal. But he actually still gets the vote, so that's part of the issue. And you're 100% right also about enough of this of this horrible habit in our country where we keep our institutions sacrosanct, but our people get treated like garbage. If you noticed, we've had all this these spate of horrible mass shootings. And we can't push forward with any urgency, any significant gun reform legislation just to keep us safe. But there's not even any attack or any murder of any Supreme Court justice, as of course there should not be. But there was one man who went there to Kavanaugh's house in hopes of attempting to do it, and instead just turned himself in. And within a month, just due to pressure from the Republicans, they 
push forward and pass legislation to add security to the justices families. So not only are we protecting Jenny Thomas from from being held accountable for everything that she has done to help encourage an overturning of our election. We also are adding security around the clock to her and to other families. And again, it just shows our priorities. Not that we shouldn't protect them, we should. But a higher priority should be first dealing with the people who are being murdered randomly and protecting them who are actually being the victims of murder. There have been no victims of violence of the families of Supreme Court justices or the justices themselves. And they already have around the clock security. And so how about we just keep it in some sort of priority order? But why do we do it? Why do we do it this way? Because exactly our priorities are 100% out of whack. It's exactly shown again in the fact that the Democrats in the House wanted to hold up the bill. They wanted to hold up the bill just because they wanted to add protection for the staff and the law clerks, the Supreme Court justices. And everybody said, well, no one knows who they are, so they're not at any risk. Well, also, no one knows who the families of justices are, but they're at the top echelons of power, yep. so we got to protect them more. It just shows and betrays our, our our biases every damn day, and it's very, it's just painful at this point. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. What's happening? Welcome back. All right. Don't forget Juneteenth. We got a special TYT Juneteenth show hosted by yours truly. We will also have a talented panel of hosts discussing the significance of Juneteenth, why it's important to acknowledge it. Make sure you tune in Monday, June 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on tyt.com forward slash live. I got a lot of good stuff. I want to make sure you join us. All right, Ben, Ben, Rebel HQ contributor, got a birthday party coming up. We can all participate. Tell us everything going on with you, dear brother. Sounds like a plan, Doc. So I have been for the last month the newest contributor to Rebel HQ. Three days a week, I'm releasing videos. Very yes. excited about it. Thank you. It's been nuts. Already two or three of my videos each have over a half million views. I'm working real hard on these videos, trying to point by point, oftentimes take down some of these right wing nut jobs that are trying to take down our country. So I'm trying to do it with humor. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I'm too angry, but the videos are good regardless. So I love check, it, man. check that out on Facebook and YouTube. And then if you need a break from all the madness, I like to take a break on the weekends. Uh, and just laugh it off. And uh, this Saturday is my birthday, and we're doing a virtual show at Nowhere Comedy Club. You can watch from your phone, from your computer. We produce it on top of Zoom. It's a live worldwide comedy show called Gleeb Off the Top. I plugged on here before, but it's a very special matinee one at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, with a VIP meet and greet at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. And it's Gleeb Off the Top Crowd Work and Improvised Madness. It's a whole town, a virtual community. We elect a mayor oftentimes in the show. You can be part of it. I interact with you, we joke around, and my special guest, Oftentimes big celebrity guests like Jamie Kennedy, Mary Lynn Rice Cup. But this one, my special guest is my father who will be doing wow. improv comedy with me live. And he's hilarious, man. So it's not to be missed. You can get tickets at my website, bengleeb.com or nowherecomedyclub.com. Tickets are just 15 bucks and you'll have a good time. I guarantee a bunch of laughs. That is so dope, man. What a way to honor your dad, uh, Father's Day weekend. Yep. Really cool. I tell people all the time, man, 
while you contextualize politics through comedy, you are one of the brightest political minds in this country. And so we appreciate all you do, man. Thank you so much, Doc. All right, we got a lot of comments. I will read as many as I can. Biden flavor corn pop. Ain't hard to figure Lindell or Giuliani or Trump on crack. Make you see the silver hat dragon. We had limited information, so we'll just attack anyone in the area. That backs up their usual shoot first and ask questions later. Thank you for this, 32 Antoine. Congratulations, Dr. Richie, to on every milestone you achieve on Indisputable. I will always support your show. I got to get that I wish you Karen Wood t-shirt to be fully legit though. Blessings to you, sir, and blessings back to you, Antoine. We thank you for that. Chi Chi Massey, they need to fill a room with my pillows and put Mike Lindell in it so he doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're still friends. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Hey, Turn it down. Turn it down. I said to you, I'll turn it down after I finish my The Jubilee. I told you I would turn it down. What about the Jubilee a few uh, days ago? Street party. Did you tell them? Uh, no, you're bullying us. No, you're bullying us. You're bullying us. I'm on the witness. You're commanding the man. You're the man. You're the man. There's muskets everywhere. Why do you have to come? Report. I'm sorry. There's no way to say that. Because you screamed at me. You asked. Listen, I was watching you. I was watching you from the. You 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 came up with very strong attitude around here. I said to her. I told her I would. I was watching. I told her I would bring it down. I'm sorry. I was watching you. That's that's not cute. Wow. Literally, the young lady who's singing is singing in an area that is sanctioned for street concerts. The Karen is arguing not only with the singer, but everybody who is around because everybody else understands this is a place where people do street concerts. And I gotta say, I thought the young lady had a nice voice, but the Karenicity was obviously deep and the person who wanted to stop it. All right, Ben, let me ask you this, brother. This to me is akin to someone heckling you, okay? What are your thoughts about this? Was the Karen wrong in this situation? And did the singer handle it appropriately? I mean, we need to find a way to get, so I don't know what language we can use on air. We need to get some of these Karens laid. Can I say that? Because some of these people just need a hobby. They need well, you just a, did, brother. I did. They need <laughs> stress release. We need to do something to give them something to focus on and relax them in their lives. They're always just such uptight people. They never have a point. They never have anything that to, to say with any merit. You just see in their eyes, like I'm unhappy, and so I'm gonna destroy somebody else's happiness. And it happens in comedy clubs all the time too. Luckily, not too often for me because. I mess with the crowds, people are a little bit afraid to come at me. But it happens to my cohorts all the time, and even to me, I've been attacked. 
I had a Trump supporter threaten to shoot me in the back of the head years ago Damn. because I was doing a couple of innocent Trump jokes. <clears throat> I mean, it gets intense. The woman is singing. Like, who's surprised that Karens are against music? Nobody. But at least keep that inside. You know, pop an AirPod in, walk on, keep moving. Those street singers are not that loud once you get two feet away. So just keep on keeping on for crying out loud. All right. This is a very horrific story. An accused rapist actually was able to get custody and is now being paid child support for the child. I kid you not. A Louisiana judge gave an accused rapist custody of the child conceived from the 2005 attack and eventually ordered his underage victim to pay child support. Are you hearing me here? Okay. Uh, let's put up her picture, uh, Krista. Let's put a picture up. Krista Abelseth told WBRZ that she was raped at 16 years old when a man nearly twice her age promised to give her a ride home from a local restaurant after a night out with friends. All right. Abelseth met with a guy named John Barnes. This was in the city of Hammond back in 2005. She says he offered to take a home after night at a local bar with friends. Here's a quote, she says, instead of bringing me home, he brought me to his house. Once inside, he raped me on his living room couch. Abelseth did not know Barnes before that night, but became pregnant because of the encounter. She also said everyone assumed the pregnancy came from a boyfriend and she let people believe that. Um, that's what she told the outlet. Let's put her picture up again. Now remember, she was 16 years of age when this happened, all right? Let's put up a picture of the person who is accused of raping her. That's John Barnes, okay? A DNA test is part of the court documents that proved with 99.97% accuracy that he is in fact the father. Barnes was 30 years old and it was confirmed that the young lady was 16 at the time of conception. The act was illegal at the time, even if it was consensual. You have to understand this, minors are unable to give consent. That is called rape. He raped a minor, he violated a child, okay? Now, the young lady, had a healthy baby girl and everything was fine until John Barnes learned sometime in 2011 that he might have a daughter. He said, and I quote, when my daughter was five years old, he found out about her and once he found out, she said this, and once he found out about her, he pursued custody and wanted to take her away from me. They granted him 50-50 custody despite the fact that the child was caused by rape. 
I understand why she did not want the rapist to know. I get that. What I don't understand is why this judge decided to not only give custody to the person they know raped her at 16, but ordered her to pay him child support on top of it. There's more. Abel Seth, the young lady said that she did not make the report until July 2015 because she thought it was too late for law enforcement to investigate the complaint. I thought if I didn't do it the next day, there was nothing I could uh, nothing I could do about it, Abel Seth said. She was 16, she didn't know the law. I went to a trauma counselor, he said, no, you have 30 years after you turn 18. There you go, things took a dramatic turn. Things took a dramatic turn this year when a judge granted Barnes the rapist full custody. It happened after Barnes alleged that Abloseth gave her daughter a cell phone. Abloseth said she was also ordered to pay Barnes child support. He's well connected, Abloseth said. He's threatened me multiple times saying he has connections in the justice system. So I better be careful and he can take her away anytime he wants to. I did not believe him until it happened. Abloseth said a hearing is scheduled next month to revoke Barnes parental rights. Now, here's what I'm doing. This story has not received the attention it deserves. I actually believe the young lady. I think this person is very well connected to that local government. I'm going to bust up those connections. I'm calling everyone out, everyone affiliated. And if you show favoritism in this upcoming court case, I will expose you as well. There was no ambiguity if he committed rape. That's established based on court documents. There is no ambiguity if this child is his. Obviously, that is established through DNA test. What is not established is how in the hell did he end up avoiding prosecution, getting custody, and having the young lady who was raped by him send him money for child support? Those are the answers I need now. There's more. The local county sheriff said in a statement, Parish Sheriff Daniel Edwards reports that as of June 15, 2022, the case involving allegations against 46 year old John Barnes of Louisiana, which has gained widespread media attention, has been turned back over to the DA's office. They don't want to touch it. In tracing this case back, the time the initial complaint was filed in July 1st, 2015, it was discovered. That the report never made it through the proper channels. Another favorable outcome for this alleged rapist. Within the department to be assigned for investigation, somehow the complaint magically disappeared. Therefore, our department absolutely dropped the ball, the sheriff says, and we simply must own our mistake. That's what they're calling it, a mistake. This is a mistake, however, that simply has never been a problem before or since, and we must make sure to keep it that way. You mean to tell me, Sheriff, this is the only time you've ever made that mistake in the history of that governmental entity? And this judge is the first time in the history that this judge has ruled to allow a rapist to get full custody of a child. And then it's the first time this judge has ever mandated payment to the alleged rapist for child support. It's a whole lot of firsts here. I guess the judge made a mistake too. Now, damn it, something else is going on. And I agree, I believe the young lady. All right, being thoughts here. 
I mean, what can you say? It's just a travesty of justice, a travesty of morality in every turn. Um, we've really got to do something to, it's far beyond time that we root out these backwards, backwoods thinking magistrates. You know, we have people that are in charge of our legal system from the police departments all the way through the legal system, through our judges that are just favoring men over women, favoring rapist men over victim women. I mean, there is no, there's nothing you can say. It's just what you're doing, putting people on blast and forcing them ahead of time to be to 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 be accountable to what is right, to, to morality, instead of always doing it after like so much of the news media only does. You gotta do both and be able to do it in advance is a great service and and honestly, I'm, I'm, it's one of my favorite things about this show and about you and why I'm proud to come here a lot is that you are not afraid to not just comment, but to take action. And we have to sometimes take things into our own hands to try to right some wrongs because this is just an injustice in every, every step of the way. Yeah, um, and we continue to fight the fight. All right, an informant has now confirmed that the Proud Boys would have actually killed Vice President Mike Pence. If they could have, we're going to talk about that on the other side. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these comments. Travel Nurse Dragon says, Keep walking, Karen. The faster you walk, the faster the music will fade. That's right. Then says, That poor woman has been victimized by the rapist, law enforcement, and the justice system. Yep. YouTube Super Chat. David Morris, uh, transatlantic Karenicity. Yes. Uh, Robin's Egg, she's mad because she can't carry a tune strapped to her back, the Karenicity, y'all. All right, let me say thank you to 32 Antoine. Welcome to the Indisputable Membership. Uh, Mary C, the Purple Dragon Queen, double doser. Thank you so much for joining Grandma Sunshine Dragon, uh, double doser. Thank you so much. Make sure on the YouTube stream that you join. You can join starting at $4.99 and go up to $24.99. Enhance our connection as well as the platform, all right? I thank you in advance, all right? Okay, an informant has said the Proud Boys would have in fact killed Vice President Mike Pence. Let's go to the video. I hear the Pence just caved. No. Is that true? I didn't I'm hear hear, I'm hearing no. reports that Pence caved. No. I'm way. telling you, if Pence caved, we're going to drag no. through the streets. No. Politicians are going to get drugged through the streets. Yeah. I guess the hope is that there's such a show of force here that Pence will decide to do the right show. thing, according to Trump. Once again, an informant has now confirmed that they would have actually killed Mike Pence. They did get dangerously close to the physical whereabouts of Mike Pence. It could have gone in that direction, according to the new information we have. All right. According to committee member Representative Pete Aguilar, a confidential witness has now testified to the FBI that members of the Proud Boys 
who were present in the riot, and I quote, would have killed Mike Pence if given the chance. The committee also showed a 3D model depicting how close rioters came to the vice president at that time. Let's go to the next video. By 2.24 PM, the Secret Service had moved Vice President Pence from the Senate chamber to his office across the hall. Rioters already inside the Capitol opened the East Rotunda door just down the hall. And just 30 seconds after that, rioters breached the crypt, one floor below the vice president. At 2.26 PM, Secret Service rushed Vice President Pence down the stairs. Vice President Pence and his team ultimately were led to a secure location where they stayed for the next four and a half hours, barely missing rioters a few feet away. According to the report, the President of the United States was aware of the chance to kill Mike Pence. He did not call nor check on Mike Pence, did not inquire if Mike Pence was safe, actually had derogatory words about Mike Pence during the time that his safety and his life was in peril. There's more. Now remember, I've said routinely, their movement is rooted in violence and bloodshed. Their movement is not rooted in liberation, peace and love. It is rooted in exactly what you just saw. Approximately 40 feet, that's all that was between the vice president and the mob, said Aguilar. The extent to which Mr. Pence was personally in danger during the riot has never been known before now. It was publicly reported as it happened that Mr. Pence was removed from the Senate chamber as rioters breached the building. But his whereabouts up until now were actually unknown. Let's go to the photo obtained by ABC News that shows Pence and his family in the ceremonial room off the Senate floor where he was evacuated to, okay? Mike Pence is sitting with his daughter, Charlotte, and brother Greg as wife Karen draws the curtains. Just think about this, okay? A person in the room told ABC News she could see the mob outside and was fearful they would see where Mike Pence was. Imagine that scene, imagine the violence. Imagine you're in a room and you know you do not have the backing of the president. You know that there are those who are coming at you who are armed. They are in law enforcement, they have been radicalized. And I know it's easy to say, whoa, whoa is Mike Pence. But Mike Pence was part of radicalizing that same group. You are the one who helped bring to life the Frankenstein monster. Now I wish no death upon Mike Pence nor his family because my advocacy is rooted in love. But Mike Pence has some soul searching to do still because even after he saw the fruit of the seed he helped plant. He did not come out and make a campaign out of denouncing everybody, including Trump and everyone who has been involved. Yes, he has said some words contrary to Donald Trump. Yes, he has given some lip service that indicated he did not like what happened. But he is not going after this to protect democracy, nor will others inside of the conservative movement, they are scared.
Mike, your whole damn family could have been killed. That should be a sobering reminder of where we are in this country. There's more. Um, the representative said uh, in a Thursday interview with NBC News that Trump had known the Capitol had been breached when he tweeted this. Put up the tweet. Here's what Trump said when he knew the vice president and his family were in danger of being killed. Mike Pence did not have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our constitution. Giving states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones which they were asked previously to certify. USA demands truth. The Capitol was breached at 2.13 PM. Trump was made aware of this around 2.14 PM. Trump then tweeted what I just read at 2.24 PM. Trump wanted them to kill his vice president. Now I know that may sound extreme to you. Some of you will side with Trump and say, "Oh no, 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 Trump was just being Trump. You have to think about it, put it in context. If they would have killed Mike Pence, do you think Trump would have shed a tear? Do you think he would have denounced the group that did it? Or do you think he would have blamed Pence for bringing it upon himself? That's the kind of man you're dealing with. Being thoughts. Well, just that 10 minute window from when Trump was informed that the US Capitol was breached until he went and tweeted to further put at risk his vice president. And when that tweet went out, the mob surged both inside the Capitol and out. Just that 10 minute period is all we should need to indict this man. Yeah. And at the very least to ban him from ever running for political office in this country again, let alone him being a front runner still and the likely candidate for the Republicans in 2024. But that's just that 10 minute window that he understands our democracy is under active attack created by him and doesn't think, well, okay, let me immediately call in backup. Let me call in support to stop this. Instead it says, let me get my iPhone and tweet to make it worse. That alone should ban the, the this despicable subhuman from ever running for office again, let alone the detailed seven part plan he had to create exactly this, culminating in exactly this. Trying to get state legislatures to overturn the election from each individual state. Trying to get fake slates of electors, trying to get people to find votes that didn't exist. Trying to consider imposing martial law, trying to see it, considering seizing voting machines every possible way he could to usurp the will of the voters. There's just too many stupid people that yeah. see all this and don't realize that they made a grave error by ever supporting the man. The fact that they still do, yeah. I'm at a loss, I'm at a and, loss for words. And if anyone thinks he did not want them to kill Mike Pence, why did he not tweet, hey, calm down, stop calling for the death of my vice president? Why did he not do that? All right, we got more than and, and Mike Pence yeah. goes, sorry, but and, and then as you correctly pointed out, 
Pence, yes, he, he did the, the bare minimum to not overthrow our democracy, but he is responsible for this so much and not even before enabling and creating this monster and supporting him for the entire time. But after, after two weeks of being mad, he almost had his family murdered. He went and met with them in the Oval Office and yep. they were cool again. Yep, all right, we got more indisputable stuff. All right, welcome back. Still got a lot of show left. Uh, don't forget to join me and the crew. All right, we got a big panel. The 20th, that will be our celebration of Juneteenth on the network. Make sure you connect. It's gonna be a lot of information, a lot of good stuff. T1T.com forward slash live, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Love to see you there. All right, well. WWE CEO Vince McMahon is now being investigated for paying someone $3 million to cover up an affair. Looks like it's not the first time. There's more information. Let's put up his picture full mass here. So his own board of directors, they are looking into a payment. They're calling it a secret payment of $3 million to settle a former employee and their allegation of having an affair with McMahon. The separation agreement, which was reportedly made in January, prevents the former unnamed employee from discussing her relationship with Mr. McMahon or disparaging him in any way. According to the Wall Street Journal, the investigation began in April and has unearthed other older non-disclosure agreements involving claims by former female WWE employees of misconduct by Mr. McMahon. Other misconduct claims reportedly found against John Laurinaitis, the company's head of talent. Interesting fellow. The email alleges McMahon gave the former employee who was 41 and was hired as a paralegal like a like a toy to the to the executive and outside counsel has determined that the payment from his exec and McMahon are in the millions and investigators are still collecting more information about them. Let's go to his daughter, interesting twist here. Vince has now stepped down as CEO of the company for the duration of the investigation. His daughter, Stephanie McMahon will now take over as interim CEO of the company. There's another past allegation against Vince McMahon, a Boca Raton tanning salon employee accused McMahon of trying to kiss and grope her after a bronzing session in January 2006, according to the police documents and the Daily Beast. McMahon allegedly tried to show the 22 year old Tanzabar tanning salon employee his nude and semi nude pictures on his phone. The woman told McMahon then 60 to stop and the tycoon tanned himself. Afterward, the woman claims McMahon attempted to kiss and fondle her before she could get out of the room. Decades back, McMahon was also accused of rape by a former WWE female referee. Here's the video. He took my hand and he kept putting my hand on his, on his penis. He started telling me that uh, he knew I didn't have a job. I had left Frito-Lay because of him. 
he knew that I had a daughter and that he could either make me or break me. The choice was mine. And he made me have oral sex with And he started to get really excited. And I pulled away and he got really angry and said that it was worth a half a million dollars a year. And when I said no, he said that I'd better satisfy him. And he started pulling my pants off. And he pulled me on top of him. And he satisfied himself through intercourse. Afterwards, Rita Marie said she worked for the WWF only three or four more times. I believe her. Put up the picture of McMahon. I believe McMahon has been terrorizing and sexually assaulting women, walking around with his power, privilege, and sexual appetite for decades. I think he has paid off claims that were provable. I think his board was actually aware of what he was doing. The only reason he has stepped down now is because they can no longer contain the monster they helped create. This is part of why you fight against privilege in this country. Because protected privilege equates to protected corruption. And victims, years of victims are in the path of McMahon. Ben, thoughts here? I mean, it's just it's just so sad to see people whose lives get get destroyed, get damaged irrevocably, irreparably, and just tossed aside while the people who are the perpetrators because they're in power positions in this country get to keep on to that power. It's just very sad and I just wish something in the culture would change. I mean, things are a little bit changing, but be nice if they change a bit faster and if we were just able to just I don't know hold people in power to account a little bit more. Yeah. And let's not let's not forget he has had a business relationship with Donald Trump for decades. His wife worked for the Trump administration. Trump said he sexually harasses women. He admitted to it in a conversation he did not think was being recorded. They're the same. These people are the same. Okay, on a lighter note, the most amazing thing I've seen on the internet for a long time, Mike Tyson, here it is. Yeah, I know. You got to see that again, don't you? Here it is. You know, it is Friday. One more time. Let's put up the picture full mass. Okay, now here's the thing. If you walked up to Mike Tyson and you made fun of him dressing up in a bee outfit 
dancing and singing that he feels beautiful, you know what you would be? You would be a guy who just got knocked out by a guy wearing a B outfit, <laughs> dancing, singing that he's beautiful. The 55 year old heavyweight dressed up in a bumblebee outfit, danced around for an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. So this was shared, it is making the rounds on social media. I'm not mad at Mike Tyson here, I'm not upset. If I was, I wouldn't say it. <laughs> he also played a game of Mike Tyson is right behind you where fans comment on the boxing icon before being confronted by the man himself. One guy's asked to rank the greatest athletes of all time and has no room for his favorite boxer of all time, Tyson. But when Iron Mike creeps up behind him, he quickly says, no way, probably number one now. Now remember, if you're an annoying drunk passenger on one of Tyson's flights, you might get stung. Remember this? Hey, hey Mike, Mike, hey, come on, let's go stop back. Let's lose the horse, man. Now let's go back to the B dance. I do not condone violence. Mike Tyson is the only man I know that can kick somebody's ass one week on the plane and then go on Jimmy Kimmel, put on the B outfit, dance, and say he feels beautiful. What a world. Ben. <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 a little afraid to make any comment for or against this on <laughs> on on the risk of him finding out. I met Tyson once in Vegas and I shook his hand late night. I was a little tipsy at a casino walking through and probably shouldn't have even approached the guy, but he was nice at the time. I think he makes a great B, he makes a wonderful B if he wants to be. If he doesn't want to be a great B and he wanted that B to be a one time B situation, then I mean he makes a mediocre B and he shouldn't have done it. Whatever makes him happy. B clearly in this instance not only stands for boxing, it stands for beautiful. It stands <laughs> right. for by golly, he reinvents himself constantly and it stands for barely alive if he sees the segment how I will be after he has his way with me. So uh, good for him, let it be. Let it be, that's it, all right. <laughs> Former Atlanta mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has been tapped to work for the Biden administration. Keisha Lance Bottoms, former mayor of Atlanta will work. In a pivotal role, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out for the midterm elections. She will join the Biden administration. A White House official has now confirmed to CBS News. She is set to replace Cedric Richmond. Cedric Richmond was the director of the Office of Public Engagement. Richmond resigned from the position in May. It was not immediately clear when Mayor Bottoms will start. I do imagine she will start very soon because part of that job is to create bridges between various communities and the White House. It's actually a dope position, okay? But it can be a difficult position to navigate. Uh, the one term former mayor who was the second woman ever elected to the city of Atlanta mayorship shocked the political world when she announced last year she would not run for reelection before President Biden announced Vice President Kamala Harris as his running mate in 2020, Lance Bottoms was considered among the top contenders for the position. So let me give you some background as to what this actually means, the role itself. The director of the White House Office of Public Engagement 
beginning in the coming weeks. Bottoms will immediately have access to some of the most high level planning and strategy sessions in the West Wing and direct access to President Biden. The role is integral to the developing uh, to developing Biden's policies and then convincing the broader Democratic coalition that the president is charting the right approach. The stakes are high, Bottoms will be responsible for navigating divergent policy goals between progressives and centrists ahead of what's expected to be an ugly midterm cycle for Democrats. Um, Biden said, and I quote, Keisha is bright, honorable, tough, and has the integrity required to represent our administration to the American public. Biden said in a statement, Jill and I have known Keisha for a long time and look forward to working with her more closely. This is going to be really interesting because Mayor Bottoms was a very good mayor in many regards and dropped the ball in some others. I think that's the reason why she decided not to run for reelection, all right? But a very good person, very decent individual. AB thoughts. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Go ahead, Keisha. I think if anybody can bring a group of people together, no matter what side you on, it's Keisha. So go. Thank you, Joe. Thank All right, you. All right, and let, and let me say this. I told Mayor Bottoms this years ago. She's actually a foster mother. She 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 adopted her son. I said, you know, you always have a special place in my heart because I was adopted myself. All right, so we'll see what happens. We'll continue to give you updates. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Representative Ro Khanna, Democrat 17th Congressional District out of Cali on the show today. Not a debate, more of a conversation. Representative, an honor to have you on the program. How are you? Dr. Richie, it's an honor to be on. Let's get right into it. We got a few minutes. I want to talk about the January 6th committee hearing. A lot of things are coming out, roughly 90%. We already knew I had a good idea of how do you think, in your estimation, how do you think this is going so far? Uh, and do you think more should be done? Well, it's getting all the facts out for history to the American public. And it's forward looking. And here's why it's forward looking, Dr. Ritchie, because there are 57 people who were at the insurrection, who actually scaled the walls of the Capitol or stood outside and cheered that on, who are now running for federal or state office in the United States of America, Secretary of States and Governors. And this is about an ongoing desire for them in 2024 to not honor the democratic results. So we need to wake up to what this committee is saying. They almost stole the election in 2020. And if we don't take decisive action, they will try to steal it in 2024. Let me ask you a direct question because I have some issues with the January 6th committee and how they are doing this presentation. It seems to be a reluctancy to go on record and say, we're gonna recommend to the DOJ criminal charges or criminal investigation, etc. There also seems to be infighting with the January 6th committee as it relates to the direction of that notion. Some seem to want the DOJ to be officially included. And some say, well, they can be included based on what they see for themselves. Why do you think there's this hesitancy 
to if they uncover criminal activity to relay it to the DOJ in an official committee capacity? Well, they should relay their findings officially to the Justice Department. I think what they can't do is recommend to a prosecutor whether to charge someone or not. And that's just congressional ethics. I mean, you wouldn't want me as a congressman to be making recommendations to the local DA or US attorney about whether to charge someone or bring criminal activity. But in terms of referring it to the Justice Department, that makes perfect sense. And then what we can say as a members of Congress is we want accountability and where the facts go. And we shouldn't have other considerations mitigate accountability and that the Justice Department really needs to do what the law requires. This is going to be interesting how it turns out with Jenny Thomas. I know I only got a few more minutes with you. They were reluctant, this is on the record. They did not want to question Jenny Thomas. They questioned a lot of other people. Jenny Thomas has now come out and said she basically is happy to testify. But think about this, Congressman. We're in the presentation phase. The interview phase has kind of ended. I mean, obviously they can continue to interview people. Why do you think there was this hesitancy to interview Jenny Thomas when she has popped up in text messages and emails with people they did in fact investigate for trying to overturn democracy in America? Why do you think she was protected in a way that none of the other ones were? Dr. Richie, I agree with you. I think sometimes there's too much of a formalism. There's nothing barring them legally from having Jenny Thomas come before the committee. And to explain why was she trying to intervene? Did she think that it was a conflict with her husband on the Supreme Court? Should her husband have recused himself from these cases? And here's why it matters going forward. Should her husband recuse himself in the future if cases like this come up? So I think people keep saying, well, why does it matter? It was a year and a half ago. And you know what, if it was a year and a half ago, and if everyone in this country had agreed it was horrible and wrong, you know, we could let the Justice Department do its job. The problem is there are a lot of people who are part of the insurrection who are running for office saying, I'm proud of being at the insurrection and I'm going to help make sure that that our party keeps power. That is a scary thing. We need to wake up into the, this country about the threat that we're facing across this country in Secretary of State and Governor elections. Would you support, Congressman, a bill that would basically prohibit individuals who have been convicted of seditious conspiracy against the government or those who have been known to affiliate with that kind of conspiracy to overthrow the government from actually obtaining political office in Congress? And I say this not within the statutory context, but within the rules of the Congress. You all have membership rules. Technically, you can remove a member of Congress even if they are duly elected based on the rules of the Congress. Rarely does that happen. But would you support a move like that to ensure that individuals who are known actors against the United States government from actually becoming a member of the United States Congress? Yes, I would. And I think it would only strengthen section three of the 14th amendment, which my reading is prohibits people who are actively involved in an insurrection from from serving at least in federal office. So I would support that. All right, Congressman, thank you for your time today. I appreciate you. I know you got a lot of work to do, but thank you for dropping by Indisputable. Appreciate your show, Dr. Rishi. Thank you, look forward to being back. Same here. Here's what I wanna do, man, cuz we do have some time in the show. Um, I wanna make sure people know once again, um, what you're doing this weekend, how to celebrate your birthday. 
Uh, and also give us some insight into your creation method for Rebel HQ. Where do you get your inspiration from? I have a method myself. Everybody kind of has a thing. Tell us about that as well. You got it. So I'll start with Rebel HQ. It's been really amazing for this last month doing three videos a week. Um, I get pitches sent to me during the day on Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I, I, I research them, I choose the one that's most interesting to me that I have an angle. I think I could contribute something uh, that would help the conversation or at least an angle that I think hasn't really been discussed and I can bring something to it hopefully comedically or just I'll try to use my brain to take down something and I'll write it. I will work on these things very voraciously for hours and hours and hours. I'm sadly and probably unhealthily a night owl. So I'll start tackling this at around midnight and my deadline is 7 a.m. the next day to get my video uploaded. And I'm usually uploading it at 6.58 wow. a.m. I've been pulling like eight all nighters for the last few weeks doing these videos. I do have to fix that, but I'm just trying to make these things. Sometimes they're, you know, they're supposed to be three to five minutes. Mine have been eight, nine, 11 minutes because I'm, Tackling these issues, I one of my first ones that went pretty viral was called "Comedian Shreds Tucker Carlson's Buffalo Response Point by Point." I played clip after clip of what he said and showed exactly how he was misleading his audience, changing the conversation. But then some of them are just silly. I'll just generally make fun of Congress for doing a UFO hearing in the middle of a crumbling democracy. I'll take on Marjorie Taylor Greene for comparison the other day, my, my uh, most recent video for comparing Jan 6 insurrectionists who are being held in prison to George Floyd, her saying that, oh, we, we went through Justice for George Floyd, but we don't get justice for Jan 6 people. Like justice for George Floyd is something you had to endure like it was food poisoning. And just point out the phrasing that mm. makes it so awful before you get to the bigger issues. I try to capture the little parts of people's speech that betray their mm -hmm. biases, that betray their thoughts. And with that, you can really make it funny too, because you just can can parody how absurd these human beings are. And so that's kind of my approach. I hope you guys just go and watch a bunch of my videos on the playlist that's called Ben Glebe at uh, on the Rebel HQ Facebook page or YouTube page. It's also a link to it on my Instagram bio at Ben Glebe. And then this Saturday, tomorrow morning, something much lighter. If you wanna just let loose and laugh a bit from all the insanity of the week. I created during the pandemic, the world's first virtual comedy club called Nowhere Comedy Club. We became the biggest player in the game. We've had over 600 shows, the biggest comics on earth, Sarah Silverman, Bill Burr, Shantae Wayans, Ida Rodriguez from the Young Turks, everybody comes through. And it's a way you can have a full comedy club experience in the comfort of your own home, nowherecomedyclub.com for that. And we were called the innovator that changed comedy in 20. 2020, New York Times profiles, all of this. And so just kind of reinvented life touring, no big deal. And created my own show at it That's called right. Glebe Off the Top Crowd Work and Improvised Madness, where I do a different show every single time I do it, once or twice a month. And you get to come be part of this virtual world. My fans are the mad ones. You can see it on that pillow right there or the sticker right there. And and uh, I'm the mad king of this very strange world. You can come spend some time in Madtown, escape from the craziness of the real world and live in our own chosen madness. And I improvise, I take questions from the audience. My dad's my special guest this week, but often it's people like Jamie Kennedy or Mary Lynn Rice Cub or Greg Proops or John Cleese from Monty Python. But this time it's my dad and I improvising together. I take audience questions, we interact, we put face filters on to change our faces and play all kinds of characters. It's just sheer silly. 
It's not political, but it's very, very funny. You can get tickets to it. It's tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can ask me questions live at our VIP hang before that guaranteed question at 10 a.m. 1 Eastern. Tickets at benglebe.com or at at nowhere. Uh, comedyclub.com and then just follow me at Ben Glebe on all socials where I'm where I'm putting out all kinds of fun content. Five stand-up clips a week of me just messing with the crowd in fun light ways to give you a little extra content for free every week. You are the epitome, sir, of dopeness. <laughs> you really are. All right, I'm gonna read some of these comments. We'll comment Thank on the comments. Brother. Cray Cray Souffle, feeling buzzed. Talking about Mike Tyson. Naughty's Maximus says, <laughs> even Mike Tyson is a testament to the fact that every man can get in touch with his feminine side. I actually agree. And if you watch his podcast, I'm not really a Mike Tyson podcast watcher, but I see some of the clips they highlight. Mike Tyson has he has went in on his guest for being anti-LGBTQ. He has really laid into them for that. It's been an interesting dynamic on this show when that happens. Diane Peters Lewak says, I just want to know. What kind of weed he's smoking? The world would benefit from more beautiful bees. Abstract Dragon, um, every really wealthy person I've ever met is either a sociopath or a full on psycho. People are merely tools to be used, pure crazy. Really is, isn't it? And then the protection dynamic. Ben, you know this man, there's no way in the hell you have that kind of culture in a corporate environment that's basically a family company and you don't know what McMahon has been doing all of these years. It just has surfaced so much that in order to protect the system, they're willing to sacrifice the CEO at this point. Well, at least he'll be held accountable, I'm sure, very fairly by the board that is mostly his family and the new CEO that is his daughter. So right, I'm sure exactly. He'll be adjudicated perfectly. Wow. All right. Always a pleasure, dear brother. Tell people how they can follow you and check you out on social media. At Ben Glebe, B-E-N-G-L-E-I-B on all social media, a new stand-up comedy clip every weekday. And uh, and uh, just follow me there and you'll see uh, links to all my Rebel HQ videos as well. You can also watch my, my, my first hour special, Ben Glebe Neurotic Gangster. It was a Showtime special. It's now on Amazon Prime or for free in five parts on YouTube. And my second special is dropping in a couple months. We just dropped another clip of it yesterday on my Instagram, so check it out. Awesome stuff, man, great, great content all the time. Remember, Galaxy Brain is next. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.